0: the fire store equipping protectors with passion every decision the fire store makes as a company is about its customers as the holiday season has quickly approached explore a wide selection of unique and practical gifts at the fire store's gift center find the perfect presence for firefighters emts and first responders today the fire store's goal is to get you the gear you need when you need it at prices you can afford Visit the firestore.com for everything but the truck and shop its family of brands including Streamlight, MSA, Lion, Fleer, and more.
1: Good evening and welcome to another edition of everyone's favorite podcast and radio show and also fast food restaurant, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Larry Conley radio show with tonight's special guest, Chief Jim and Joe Netter, it's going to be a great conversation and we can't wait to get uh, started talking to him. But uh, before we get going, let me introduce our fearless leader, ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him and he owes child support to half of you. It's deputy chief of training for Collinsville, Illinois. Ladies and gentlemen, Chief Larry Conley.
2: Well, hello, everyone, and we're back for another exciting episode. Uh, that's what they, they said in podcast talk during the etiquette. You know, it's supposed to say another exciting episode to get the expectation up, you know. And so. Uh, uh, we're off to another exciting episode. The um, um It's November. It's the birthday month of um, my mom and I, uh, Mommy Lane here. And uh, so we've been having a good time this month doing celebrating it. Just celebrating another year. You know, a lot, a lot of people didn't make it um, this year uh, from last year or whatever. And, um, you know, we've got kind of, Count your blessings and um, be glad you're still alive, and and um, understand that time and people are precious, and especially in this business, you know, because um, if you're a firefighter, especially a firefighter, listen to this podcast. I'm sure you know someone or know about something that was here yesterday and not here today, and uh, we just have to uh, mentally always deal with that. Uh, maybe some more personal than others. Uh, we just come. Of um, hearing about deaths around the country, I know Chicago has lost another one, and that's just not a uh, it just doesn't you know feel good. And I think that's four this year for um, the Windy City. But um, we pray for families and I uh, praying for the um, the um, firefighting family of Chicago. Your prayers, are, we're you're in our prayers as for as, um, the losses, are concern. But it's a dangerous job. to Sign up to do this job. That's just part of what comes with it, unfortunately. And um, we to make sure we do as much as we can to be as safe as we can, and not uh, not go prematurely or do something unavoidable. Um, I mean, you want it to be something unavoidable if you have to go, but you don't want it to be something avoidable that only a training training. Uh, better awareness, um, um, things like that. You want the NIOSH report. I always say, when I was talking about NIOSH reports and I study them a lot, especially not being in training, that the NIOSH report, I don't want to be in the NIOSH report, but I would say if I ever was, what I wanted to say is like, man, this is the shortest NIOSH report ever, because all it said was, it was an act of God, end of report, and then that's you know, it. Like, we we did a thorough investigation and 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 he did uh, as much as he could as he humanly could do based on his training and things like that and um uh, it was the act of God. Next next year <laughs> and that would be a wonderful thing. Unfortunately we really don't see that. We see a lot of uh, you know, breakdown in a lot of areas, you know, communication, training um the culture of the departments and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to say that, um, uh, let, let me let me back this train up a little bit. I've never been to a perfect fire. I've been to a lot of fires, but we done got away with stuff, but I never <laughs> went to a perfect fire. And a lot of it is you know, just by the grace of God. And some of it just kind of final destination stuff, I guess, you know, if God is ready for you to come home, you know, you can do everything right and still, you know, it's, it's time to go home. Some people have come back from a run and the fire was very successful, but um, perhaps there was a heart attack or something when they got back to the firehouse and those are lining up as well, you know. So it's not so much that, um, you know, we're the the nice you put or anybody. If, if you're doing this, you're doing it wrong. If you're looking for that gotcha moment or we would never do this, because I see a lot of people Monday morning quarterbacking other people's fires, and you don't know what you're going to do in that situation. You just don't know, and you don't have a perfect response to any of it. But to to reduce your chances of, of being a victim of, 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 a, of, a, um, of, of a tragedy or whatever, um, the only thing we can control in all of that is our training. That's yeah. Can control you maximize their training? You try to learn as much as you can. You realize that at the end of the day, no matter how um, much time you got on the job, uh, there's still stuff to be um, learned, and you continue to be a student of the job. And as long as you do all those kind of things, you increase your chances of not meeting meeting an unfortunate fate um, when it comes to this job, and even even stuff not as is as dangerous and is um um uh, you know as is as dangerous as um being at a fire a dangerous fire scene, so to speak. I mean, we talked about the heart attacks earlier. You know, taking care of your health. That's that's a yeah a training issue too in itself. You know, what you know, mm-hmm. what you eat, get your exercise and um get regular checkups, things of that sort so you could be prepared for so that's uh, is is not considered training, but it's training in itself because yeah. your, your athlete mm-hmm. athlete has to really kick in to make sure that you're prepared and have the mental clarity. The mental part of your of your being has to be intact. That's part of the pre training as well. These are proactive things you do physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually. All of these things that if you take care of that, now by the time you get to the fire, you're so sure that even You might something you might have missed because of those lack of proactive pregame rituals uh, and pregame talking about the game being the Mm -hmm. fire scene. Um, Mm -hmm. Guess what? You've greatly now increased your chances of being sharp. maybe seeing things, hearing things. Um, Your training is a lot. It has more clarity in your training to apply that to what you're dealing with in front of you. All of that is supported by what you do pregame if you're pre game, I did get plenty of sleep um I did exercise, I did eat as well as i could um i I cut back on the or reduced the alcohol and the smoking and 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 all of that kind of stuff and now I'm in the best mental and physical shape I can be, and I show up to take care of the business. Um, as far as dangerous and demanding as fighting the fire or mitigating in the emergency, um, those kind of, um, increase sharp, sharp, um, attributes that you would possess will now even reduce the chances even more. Of maybe some mental mistakes that you could make that could very well cost you and your team, you know, your life. And so I think those things a lot of times get overlooked. We talk about training, 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 training. And, and, and part of that should be the the stuff that we don't probably pay a lot of attention to. You know, we
3: mm-hmm.
2: eat snacks and eat like crap at the firehouse all day. And um, you know, we let me get some water. I don't know, two days ago. You know, wow, we a banana. You know, I don't know. You know banana flavored donuts taste really good. Right, you know? right, right. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, mm-hmm. So you want, to, you
2: want to increase your chances of uh, of having a good um you know, bring bring your A game to the to mm-hmm. the, you know, bring your A game to the party, then those can go a long way in helping reduce maybe some of these tragedies that we read about in these nice reports and stuff like that. And like I said, at the end of the day, some of the things is just uh, you know, God is just ready for you to come home. And if he is, then uh, that's what you believe then. You can do everything and still go right. And I used to kind of be real linear with that thought pattern. Like, you know, if you're doing everything right and doing good, nothing can happen to you. But if you're doing bad, things are going to happen. That doesn't happen. I've been on too many accident scenes where the bad guy is running from the cops or something, T-bones um, a family on their way to church and the family on their way to church is dead, and T-bones. Walking away from the scene in handcuffs, you know, so that's not always. Tea. It was time for, unfortunately, guy called that family home. Unfortunately,
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: but so I'm not saying that like it's as cut and dry as do all your mm-hmm. great training and all that, and you can't, you know, um, perish or. Uh, but put the put the put things in your favor. Reduce those chances and reduce those chances by. Uh, uh, consistent, realistic um training. And if you do that then um you can you can be a young firefighter, turn into an old firefighter and listen to people like um uh, our, our esteemed guest tonight, Chief Joe Netter. Um mm-hmm. It was really um, twenty-seven. He just had he just grayed earlier. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was going, I was going to interject. Now you cleaned up pretty good. But I was like, don't start
4: nothing; it won't be nothing.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 us, us, us firefighters have been in the game a long time, and I'll say maybe if you thirty plus, we're gonna we're gonna call you a veteran. You know,
3: and,
2: <laughs> and, um, with with that, if you thirty plus in the game. And you've been growing in that, in that reward. Um, you know, you, you're an old guy who can teach these new guys something, you know. That's right. And, but you're going to be teaching them something if you're constantly learning. We got firefighters who, um, who, who they've been coming to work for 30 years. That's different than being a firefighter. That's right. When you're a firefighter, you're still in the, Constant learning mode. You, you, the, the recycling is going on. they short, the saw is short constantly, no matter what the age is. But if you're just, you know, an employee of the fire department that you work for, you're probably the person who shows up and sits in the chair and talks about, you know, I learned that stuff a long time ago, you know, ain't nothing new under the sun or. Uh, Think that it's cute you went to that little conference you went to, but you know, I know it's only thirty five thousand people showed up in Indianapolis, or whatever, but you know, that ain't nothing. Then what do they know? You know, whatever kind of reality you may have with them. But the firefighters, the firefighters, they keep fighting and they can retire and keep fighting. That's what we're always looking for, the firefighters who keep fighting, keep training and realize that even at certain ages and certain ranks or whatever you want to call it, um, they're still in the learning mode, nothing is beneath them. And says something beneath them, quit the job now, please, please. You're, you're dangerous, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you're not dangerous. Like you're dangerous. <laughs> so, so we want to be, um, we want to be, um, we want to be rid of that type of mentality because that that type of mentality can actually infect the rest of the crew. They can mm-hmm. affect the department. You know, the the new guys come on, the new gals come on the job. And when the new people come on the job, they look at you. And if you always the recliner person or telling people that this stuff is beneath you, they it, it, it depending dependent on their tendency. They almost can't wait. Like, well, how long does it take me to get to the part where I can just sit in there and I do anything until the call comes. How, how long is it before I can do that? And that becomes the goal instead of constant learning. So you got to create that cult When you when you the um, veteran in the group, that
1: yeah yeah,
2: yeah I've been doing this a minute, but let,
1: let's let's go
2: through a few basic things and let's let's sharpen there until we can't get it wrong. You know. All falls under the, the, the heading of good training and, and stay with mm-hmm. good home training because we have the good home training at the firehouse and you are ready for with anything at the, um, out in the street. And that's what we be sure of ready, mentally, physically, socially, spiritually, and, 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 and ready to take on tragedy and reduce the chances of something happening to a member of your department and reduce the chances of um, you or somebody you know ended up on on these reports. That was a long segue into this because you know the Uncle Larry oh, uh, yes. format, <laughs> uh-huh. format is definitely to do the so
1: excuse me <laughs>
2: that sets the tone for um, what we're we'll talking about tonight. So it's not just a rant, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> It is
1: is a rant, but not just a rant, that's an important thing to understand somebody not get not Joe back in here please <laughs> right. uh,
5: yeah. well, well I was just going to say Larry you hit on all the stuff I wanted to talk about so I'll yeah, okay. we're, <laughs> right. we're done here <laughs> right.
3: That's right. <laughs> and, and we had a time before you all
1: got here yeah, so yeah, we,
2: yeah, we really done cool. aren't we Joe I never <laughs> saw Joe's lips
1: move once you know I mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but seriously yeah. uh, I wanted to and that's Part of the reason I wanted to have the conversation with my good friend Joe Netter tonight. Um, uh, Chief, uh, it's great to have you on the show, and uh, and I know uh, we met a few years ago uh, after mm-hmm. you won the esteemed George Post Instructor of the Year Award. I think, mm-hmm. I think you beat me out by half a, half a point on that and getting it
3: award,
2: <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> but seriously. Uh, when I met Joe, Joe, Joe got up and accepted the award, and the speech was uh, very humbling. And then when we met at the um, ISFI luncheon,
5: yeah, that's
3: right. And,
2: uh, and we talked, and, and I was telling yeah. him then that uh, hey, I want to, um, you know, stay in touch, and and really yeah. I, know, I kind of read your pedigree. I said, well, this guy might know a few things that can help me. You know <laughs> Let me, let me see what's up, you know, if he if he would be so inclined, you know, he didn't have a kiss the rain mentality, like, you know, uh, talk to my people and how my people get back to your people. None of that, no, none of that. No, it was definitely, a, uh, and we start running into each other on the road um, in different teaching yeah. venues and stuff and yeah. had some great conversations and, and uh, we follow each other on social media and, and I just respect and appreciate all that you do, you make a difference in your training. Thank you. And, um, and stuff like that, um, I like associating with, with, with people and spirits like that. And I also, um, take notes a lot of times. Last time, I think when we talked when I first got the job in, in Collinsville, I called you. you wanted one of the few people on the short list. People are called. Yeah. Hey Joe, what yeah. have I got myself into? You know, help, help brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a long thing. We, I said, I don't want to get lost. This time, forty-five minutes later, we were still going, and I was writing stuff. Mm. As you, wow. yeah, well, I was honored yeah. that you called me. Yeah. yeah, I was. So I said, uh, well, let me get this brother on this show so we can talk training, leadership, and Joe's written a couple of books. He's been doing training for a long time. He tried to retire, but they said, "No, no, no! Come on back. We need you. To, the, the service needs you." And he got to do it. Michael Corleone. Like every time I try to get out,
3: <laughs> you know, I'm be ducking, ducking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> No, we've never seen that movie. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, you young cats watch The Godfather one, two, and three. You know, you know if right. you got a couple of days, <laughs> so,
3: right? I mean, I that was a good one.
2: Glad to have you on, Joe. Joe, for people in our audience who may not know you, because uh, we got a different demographic. You know, some we got some some of our, some of our demographic is little little gangster. You know, so they might be like who, who is Joe? You know, we we gangster firefighters. Who, who is Joe? You know, what's up? So anyway, uh, but anyway, tell us a little bit about you know how long you've been uh, uh, you know uh, in the service. and uh, What kind of inspired you to want to get into training? And uh, and then basically what you're doing now, we just kind of walk the uh, whole conversation from that base. Okay, sure, sure, sure. So it, and I'll be brief
5: if I can. Uh, so first off, I I've, I've been either an on-call or volunteer firefighter for 47 years now. 47, wow. 46, something like that. Wow. Long time. Long time. Um, I'm off the line. Okay, I don't the the, the town uh, the does not allow me to go to calls because they don't want to insure me. Okay. <laughs> if, if something happens bad, and I can understand that. But um, I started on April 2nd, 1977, in a little tiny town.
3: Wow. Okay.
5: Very rural. Um, you know, the, the front line piece was a 1965 Ford F750, wow. 750 mm. pump, uh, 750 mm. gallons of water, one pre connect line. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And we, wow. rode, <laughs> on the we rode the rear step. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was old school. And what I found what what got me involved was um I was involved in different organizations in town while well, the guys were on the fire department volunteer. Mm. Come on, Joe, join. Eh. So they convinced me. I went the first night of training, got dirty, flowed some water, I was hooked. Mm. And I loved it, and what what started going from there was that they they were very myopic at the time. The guy who was running the show, chief myopic. This is the way we do it here, and it took me like a year or two to kind of figure out that he might be right, he might be wrong, but you know we have to broaden our, the way we look at things and where we learn from, and it's just not the way we do it here. So I started taking training and i found out there were classes you could go to locally different departments and stuff and it just started to steamroll and um i I really really threw myself into it and anyone who knows me will tell you knows me well for all these years is um my first love has always been the fire service i i did i did okay uh in, in 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 my if you will, the job to put food on the table. but um, as soon as I could get away from that table, I was back at the fire station. Mm-hmm. Type mm-hmm. deal. Okay, It was my passion
4: yeah.
5: And um, tr- truly, my passion. And it just it escalated. I, I, I got rank, I became a lieutenant, then I was a training officer, then I became a captain. And um, uh, I got passed over for fire chief after 25 years there. And I was heartbroken. But then I realized, and I realize now, that's not where the big guy wanted me to be.
4: Mm-hmm. And
5: we actually, we actually moved. We sold the house 25 years, we had lived there, and um, we moved down to, the, to Uxbridge, Massachusetts. We chose that because I was looking beyond, beyond what's gonna go on in the next 20, 30, 40 years. And my wife's family was all down where we are now, and my brother and my sister lived far away. And I was around to help out my folks 25 minutes away. But after that, we still wanted to be around family, so We wound up down here. And I found out real quick that I was so glad I never got the fire chief job. It wasn't oh, me. Wow. It wasn't mm-hmm.
3: me.
5: Um, mm-hmm. I believe that today's fire chief job is primarily budgets and personnel problems. That's not my forte. And uh, everything I do, everything I do is training. Training-based, everything is training. I'll say this, Larry, no matter what, I don't care if you go, the biggest fire I've ever been to, and I've been to, jo- I went to a mill fire Ooh. where at the peak of the mill, oh, yeah, old New England mills, there were, at the peak of it, we were flowing 25 gallons of water, of, of uh, 25 gallons oh. of water a minute on this fire, okay? Oh. I mean, it was gigantic. It burned for 24 hours. and But everything there, in the success of it came back to one thing, you're training,
4: mm-hmm.
5: and everything we do comes back to one thing: you're training, and and that's my passion. I, I'm. They say I'm fanatical about it. They joke about it. Uh, I get good teased about it. But every other word out of my mouth is training, and you got to get on board. And there's there's no excuse. I'm going to ramble here. Sorry.
1: There's no excuse. No, come on.
5: How can you tell me? I'm all set. You know, we have this and whether I've trained, I've trained a lot of little departments, but I've actually worked in training and departments, 130, 150 members. That's a pretty good sized department. I think
3: Mm
5: -hmm. I've always, and I found out there's a lot of things in common. They all have the same person who says, I'm all set. You know, I've done that before. Never needed it before. And any of Mm this other nonsense. And I, I look at them and, it, you know, if I'm getting paid to be there and they're paying me well, I keep my mouth shut. But mm-hmm. <laughs> until I'm about to, until I'm about to leave. Yeah. But but <laughs> I, I tell my own guys where I train. I work in Mendon. I'm the deputy chief of training, and I work with a couple of other uh, communities near me. And I tell them all, if you don't go to mm-hmm. training and you think you're all set, why should I trust you with my life? At a call, come on. Come on. It goes right that's back to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Right now. Okay, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that mm. if you haven't done this in ten years, in five years, in six years, in thirty years, mm. that when the you know what hits the fan, mm-hmm. you're going to remember how to mm-hmm. do your job. Mm-hmm. Because right. at that point, it's right. At that point, you are a danger to me and everyone else mm-hmm. in that fireground. Yeah, and that's how I look at it. And, and, and when we get into training, um, I, I'm, I'm based, my focus is basics first. There was a fire, a fire lieutenant in, in Chicago, and I haven't talked to him in a bit. He retired. His name was uh, Lieutenant Pat Lynch. He was, he was a legend. You've heard You're nodding your head. That's a legend up there. All right. And, and I got to meet him with Ricky uh, Colomay and Bobby Hoff and that group for rapid intervention training. And, and I loved Pat, I liked them all, but Pat always used to say to me, Joey, we got to teach our guys to learn to execute the basics to the fullest. If you can't do the basics, what kind of firefighter are you? Mm-hmm.
3: And,
5: and that's lived in my head. Yeah, that's lived in my head. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make a couple of comments to on some stuff you were talking about, Larry. Number one, when I I, I talk about leaders, What makes a great, what makes a great, not a good, what makes a great fire officer? And pick up on what you said. I let them all tell me and they'll tell me good communicator, knows his stuff, blah, you know, and all the blah, blah, blah stuff that we can check, check, check going down the list. And no one ever gets the one I, I have is I put my slide up. My number one thing is passionate about the job, right? How can you be a great leader? Mm-hmm. if you're not passionate about what you what you you are right. leading or you're teaching
4: mm-hmm. you gotta
5: be passionate and i and I think about you know miss Elaine's business how if she wasn't passionate about her faith how could she be a great preacher mm-hmm. or david mm-hmm. the things that you do with the theaters and the movies and everything you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta nail it and Larry mm-hmm. we know and from that passion. I, mm-hmm. Becomes leadership. And mm-hmm. um, when I teach, I always told people tell me you're very passionate about it. My mentor, his deceased guy named Jack Peltier, helped me a lot. And I used to say to him, you know, Jack encouraged me to do this and really bring myself forward. And he told me, You've got something that most don't. And I said, What's that? Your passion and your enthusiasm. Mm. Wow. And it's mm. and it's contagious. Right, it's contagious, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's 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 the way I push it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my background, and yeah. I, I, I could go on for another hour talking yeah. about things mm-hmm. done, but why don't you guys help me out here and
2: you know, yeah, or no wherever problem. you want? Yeah, no problem. Um, and that's and that's a very good, uh, I mean, and, and a lot of times that's when you maybe get the most buy-in for what you're trying to teach or train or whatever. People so can mm-hmm. see your passionate mm-hmm. about it. If you just kind of yeah. run in the middle or go through the slides or, you know, kind of nonchalant with it, people are not going to be excited about listening to you. But when you hold out to what you believe in, um, and, that's, and that's a principle, you know, you got, you got actually bad leaders out here, but if they're passionate about what they're doing. They're going to get some followers. You know, so. So that passion is is, is key yep. uh, key element yep. in what you're talking about. You got to be all in, and when they feel like you're all in, then mm-hmm. they, they will um, you know listen more to what you have mm-hmm. to say. And when you are involved in a job that could kill you, um, you probably mm-hmm. should be about a little <laughs> yeah. about yeah. Uh, yeah. Of the training yeah. uh, and things to mm-hmm. that sort. You know, um, mm. the uh, the, the, the book, you've written a couple of books, right? Mm-hmm. Tell, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about those um, books. The, the the
5: first one I wrote was Rapid, inter, rapid Intervention Cruise for Jones and Bartlett. Mm-hmm. I like the word RIT, R-I-T. New York is fast. Uh, the, the standards all say it's going to be a crew, and that goes back to all that bit. But it doesn't matter I don't care what words you use, and I don't care how you spell it as long as you have it. And, <laughs> yeah and um where that came from was december 3rd 1999 we had the tragic worcester fire where six guys i knew one of them i actually was on the first big task force that was brought in to pour water on on the building over overnight and after that the massachusetts fire academy started realizing that not that it would have necessarily made a difference there because of the situations in the in the building and the combustibles, but we really needed to step up with rapid intervention. And rapid intervention is is uh, is the process and, and skills of learning to go in and save other firefighters who were in major league trouble. So what they did is the, the the two premier trainers at the time were out of Chicago, Bob Hoff and Ricky Colomay and they were going all over the country teaching. So they hired them, state hired them. They came in and I was working for the state as an instructor at the time and we hit it off. I I actually, I was tasked to go pick them up at the airport and bring them out and get them going. And every time they came out, we became more and more friends.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: They've been to my house, they've stayed at my house. I've been to theirs, but they instilled something in me. And I became I'm going to use the word fanatical about written mm-hmm. because I realized we're not doing this. Most people mm-hmm. aren't doing this, and if it's my butt inside, who's going to come save me?
3: Mm-hmm. Wow.
5: Mm-hmm. So it just it steamrolled, and I became one of the lead instructors for the state, and then I was getting picked up in private hirings where communities were hiring me to come out and, and to train in this stuff so long story short Rick and Bobby had written a book for fire engineering and um, and I wanted to I wanted to take it to the next level so I called them I said are you gonna update your book and they absolutely said no and I said would you mind if I wrote a book on it and they said go for it so what I did is um, I I Pitched some different publications, publishers rather. And um, at the time, fire engineering was not looking for another writ book. So Jones and Bartlett picked me up. And What my book became is it's, it's a textbook. And it's a step-by-step on how to do the skills. But my approach has always been different. I like to say, okay, I'm going to teach you to do something. But before I teach you to do it, I'm going to teach you why we need to do this.
3: Mm-hmm. And the why,
5: especially with our young people, and you know this, David, mm-hmm. it, it, people will say to you, we tell them, okay, we're going to do this. They go, well, why do we need that? Mm-hmm. That's a big word today. Why? So the book has done very well. It's done It's done great. And that's out there. And and, uh, um, uh, and, and it, it, it pushed me, that's what you were talking about before, David, into... Uh, Getting in much better shape than I was at the time because I was struggling with some of these skills. They're tough, yeah.
3: yeah and so yeah. here's is,
5: you know, big shot instructor who can't do the the, the drill. Oh, right. right.
3: right. Yeah,
5: into the gym and all that. And uh, uh, at my peak, I'm nowhere near that now. Um, I could do every one of those drills uh, and w- without any effort. Okay, I could wow. do it. I could show it, and that's leadership. Mm-hmm. So. That's out there, and uh, uh, Larry, I know you had a very, very special relationship with Bobby Halton, and I'm going to tell you a Bobby Halton story. Mm -hmm. So I had been teaching now for the FDIC, and I had met uh, Bobby and stuff, and I was looking for a new subject to submit for, uh, for the following FDIC. So I'm walking down the hall, and I was with a buddy of mine, and I saw Bobby, who during the show, you know... It's impossible to find him because he, he's he doesn't stay still. He did it, rest his soul. So I see him, Bobby, Bobby. He turns around. I go running up. It's me, Joe Neto. He he knew, but Joe, how are you? He says, and he says, look. I said, Bobby, one minute, just one minute. Okay, I only got a minute because I'm off to another meeting. I said, what would you think of the idea for next year if I submitted a class called Managing Risk? In the volunteer fire service oh that's a great idea no one's done that joe this great and he says submit it we'll take a look at it I says all right i swear to god i walk away not five seconds and i hear joe joe wait a minute and i turn around and bobby's running back to me and he said to me quote hey would you write a book for us on that subject <laughs> 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 And the funny part is the part that no one knew at the time is after I was done with the rip book, which was a three year project, it was killing me. Mm-hmm. I told all my friends, I will never write another book, <laughs> right. book. And my buddy who was with me, he tells everyone it didn't take him three seconds to say, Sure, I will. Because I say, No, yeah. to Bobby. so,
2: so, yeah, so I got I'm
5: into saying. this and and what I'll tell you is the book is called Managing Risk in the Volunteer Fire on in the Volunteer Fire Service. I misnamed the book, truly. It should have been called Managing Risk on, on the Volunteer Fireground, which is probably applicable to whether it's career, volunteer, or on call, about eighty percent of the fire departments in, in this country, even more. And w- the way I started was I said, Okay, why are we dying? NIOSH and I I went and I read a hundred reports and I I worked and I got them separated so I just wanted to call volleys at the time and you guys are gonna you're not gonna you're gonna believe this but you're gonna say to yourselves you can say it out loud see we've been talking about this 51 percent of the volunteer line of duty deaths the cause heart attacks heart attacks and if you broke it into the groups of, say, 18 to 40, and then 40 up to 60, and then 60 to something, out, and then over, it was almost exactly even. A quarter, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter. 18, 19 inches diving hard tackle. That goes back to, in my opinion, either A, genetics, or for that kind of number, not being, not being physically fit to do the job. So I rolled it from there. And did a lot of research. I did a lot of research, and what I found was, when you started reading and trying to study risk management, you, you truly did get lost in a sea of intellectualism and complexity. What's well, not easy to understand. And then there were, I started looking at different fireground command processes for reducing risk. And my, my, hand to God, I didn't understand this stuff. I knew what they were trying to get yeah. to, but yeah. I didn't understand it. And, and, you know, I'm a simple guy. I didn't go to MIT or Harvard or any of those places. I didn't need that. No. I went to college, but I, I didn't need all the, the walk around with the big degrees. Right. But I consider myself educated. Mm-hmm. And educated means you know how to seek out and learn more. Because college used to be teaching you how to learn and how to better yourself, how to move forward in life. Mm-hmm. So. I put together a four-step process for the fire ground and it's just, it's just taken off. The book does very well. Uh, It's it's for sale on fire engineering's book's website. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would say now the classes I go out and teach and they're all lecture for the most part now, um, are the number one thing I'm getting called for is is the risk management. Mm -hmm. And, um, and and it's really started to open some eyes because Mm -hmm. they, 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 They've they've never had it presented to them in such an easy to understand and more importantly, easy to
2: use method. Right. Mm. Yeah. As yeah. yeah. far yeah. as firefighters go, that's always seems to be the correct methodology. I know Tom that and, and I and I'm not saying I don't respect people who tend to be um, you know, very academic about things and nothing mm-hmm. that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. I went to public school so you're going to break it down real simple for for uncle larry you know (laughs) but but, uh but the point i'm trying to make is with is that um when you are able to break it down into you know simple bite-sized doable things it it continues to reduce the excuses of not um, adapting um success principles Mm -hmm. that will help you out you know in Mm -hmm. these situations because otherwise once it gets looks like it turns into a lot of, you know, psychobabble minutiae, people, yeah, it's going to not be interested, and then they'll throw the baby out with the bathwater. Unfortunately,
4: right.
2: um, Another thing I wanted to try and address, I was writing the notes while you were talking, too, is talking about the um, man. The heart attack thing is is a big deal, mm-hmm. yeah. and, is, and I've definitely have known some um, some firefighters um, that I've known personally who have. Died a heart attack, whether it's um, on the job, off the job. I've had some firefighters that they didn't wake up the next day and they said, Go up there and check on so and so. And when they got up there, um, you know, they weren't going to wake up there to mm-hmm. carry house. um yeah. people after and all that kind of stuff. So um, <clears throat> these, um, but I, I, I think what gets missed, because it really is a silent killer, especially my firefighters. I think we don't make the the shift like we should, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm not saying like I've been enlightened because a lot of this stuff I've just learned um, to really concentrate on maybe the last you know five to ten years, if, if that much, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and what I've what I've discovered in just understanding it is that it truly is a silent killer. But we haven't. We don't always make the shift when we become firefighters. We think. We get, it's not good even if you work a, a a less stressful job, but it's mm-hmm. definitely not good if you work the stressful job that we work. But I think what you under, we don't, we don't take into consideration when it comes to the heart attack factor is um, <clears throat> it's not just about the isolated thing of a heart attack and it's purely about genetics or something like that. I think we don't realize the combination that that it leads to that. So you get <clears throat> um, broken sleep because of the shift work that we do. Um, you get um, exerting yourself going from from nothing to all out right now. Right, that's right. The weight that you have to carry, and you got extra weight personally, and you carry that with the fifty three pounds of equipment that you gotta mm-hmm. carry now you're holding mm-hmm. all that around um um the stress the stre- you know, all the chemical imbalances that stress can cause when you add all those combinations up between stress um not being physically prepared yep. um, the, 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 the the your you know your physical weight and all that the heart is like what are you doing <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, you know mm-hmm. I feel under attack, so I'm going to get you back, you know, whatever. But, yeah. but, and then if if you don't make maintenance or, uh, or keep the improvements going as your career goes on, you're going to get older. The job is not going to change. The principles of the job are not going to change. You're going to get older, things are going to get weaker, and you are going to increase your chances of that silent killer really kicking in. That's so right. all of these things have to be managed between your... Physical health, your um, your stress levels, um, your diet and exercise, and plenty of sleep. And since we don't get a lot of times to sleep that you need, especially when you're truck thirteen in St. Louis, Missouri, West Side, like Mm -hmm. I, you know, you may you may uh, you may find yourself up all night a lot of times, you know, and may not have that luxury of uh, being able to sleep. And then the next day you get off work, and then you go to your your, you know, day off job or your business or whatever, you do that all day at home, then you have to definitely deal with the family. So you may not get into bed until late, then you gotta get up and do it all over again. And and when you normalize that, you ignore things like your heart catching up with you and and, and that's right. taking you out, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's an amazing statistic right there. You
5: know? Yeah. Yeah, I uh I can tell you too, from a from a on call volunteer point of view, it's it's basically the same thing because I might we not might not be sleeping upstairs in the bunk room, but you know your your pages go off and it's from deep sleep. I can I swear to God I can remember a couple of nights where I got to the station, and I don't remember driving there. <laughs> well,
3: it was wow. half asleep.
5: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and then you go home and you're all you're all jacked up and you can't Mm -hmm. go back to bed or fall asleep and and then you gotta get up the next morning and go to work.
2: Yeah. And
5: and Mm. it it it, it is hard on all of us. But you know, one of the things if I could shift gears, Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit, bit about is um I I wanna talk about enthusiasm, okay? And Uh, tell you a couple of stories, if I could. Okay. Uh, The the one I'll talk the most about will be number three. So the story is, some years ago, uh, the county of Berkshire, Massachusetts, called me up. Very rural. It's it's our mountains. Beautiful, beautiful country. And uh, um, they wanted – I went out and I talked with the chief's group, and they wanted me to come out and run a rapid intervention, train-to-trainer program for a hundred members. Mm-hmm. We would do it over three three classes and each class was gonna be 40 some odd hours and we broke it down. And the idea was then they would go back and train their own departments. So mm-hmm. I put it together and they hired us and out we went. And I always start off the classes again with the whys and I would talk about, I always, would say to them, who cares about us? Oh, we mm-hmm. do, no, we don't. Well, our, yeah. we don't yeah. care about oh. ourselves. Well, your family does, they go, yeah, they do, but we don't.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And they go, well, what do you mean we care? And I go, what rapid intervention training have you had?
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
5: none. Then who's gonna come get you before you are in trouble? And they kind of look mm. at you. So I'm starting right with the why we're going to be doing this. And everything I would do is enthusiastic, talking with them. That a boy, that a girl, go get them. Mm. You can do better. Come on. I can't do this, Joe. Why? Come on. I can't do it. Yes, you can. I'm right behind you. Let's go. Let's go. And mm. I pushed. Mm. And it took off. And they, my opinion is they probably have one of the best rapid intervention programs in the state. Mm. But here's the point I'm going to make. these, I, I, I lit these people a fire. And they just loved it. Mm-hmm. I get a call one night, and it's from a very small town out there. And I won't say the name of the town, but this town's chief had a reputation for not being a very progressive individual. And I answered the phone. Yep, hello, is this Joe Nett? Yep, this is Chief Smith, just to make a name up. Hi, Chief, how are you? And I knew who he was. And he says, I got one question for you. And I said, what's that, Chief? What the hell did you do to my
3: men? And I'm,
5: like, I'm like, Ralph Cramden humming up, humming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And,
5: and then he starts laughing. And I go, Is everything okay, Chief? He said, Joe, my regular drill night is whatever it was, say Wednesday. These guys are coming in one and two nights in addition, training now on their own. What did you do to them? And I like to say, I whoop them up.
4: <laughs>
5: so, <laughs> program went well right uh, locally i'm known it'll bring me in to do i have one department that will have me he calls he calls me every one every few years for a quote unquote tune-up mm-hmm. tune-up what this is all about right why why this but the story i want to come back to is mended and that's where i am now and the story of mendham is a very very interesting story it was a nice small town um they had a good fire department and the town decided for whatever happened they were not going to have a fire chief anymore and they turned the fire department over to the police chief mm-hmm. who ran it for 15 years wow and his he he was a cop mm-hmm. cops are good i like cops i support them mm-hmm. but cops are not firefighters and firefighters aren't cops right. and he he destroyed he destroyed the fire department they had at mm-hmm. one point. he lost Seventy-five percent of the on-call people, and fifty to sixty percent turnover of the career people, because it's a combination of the time. Wow! Mm-hmm. So they the, the town finally saw its ways, and they brought in my friend Bill Kessler, who was about mm-hmm. to retire on the twenty-second of December. And um, Bill Bill called me up, and I didn't know he was. They were they had approached him, and he was the chief here in Uxbridge at the time. And, uh, he called me up and he said, Joe, I says, yeah, he goes, uh, congratulations. You're the new deputy chief of training for the town of Mendon.
3: <laughs>
5: and I go, what? And he goes, yeah, you're my second call. So being the wise guy, I had to say, well, mm-hmm. who was the first call, right? right, right. right. My wife, my wife. <laughs> um, he brought me in and I knew what I was getting into. And it was, it was really sad. We went in and, um, over the period of time, I found they, they became, as they came on board, I was hearing stuff like, we haven't done training in, in, in a long time, and, you know, and all the terrible things about it. Mm-hmm. And um, what I brought was my opening night, I was very, try to be enthusiastic, and my enthusiasm was going to be based upon, look, let's, let's, be real upfront here and, t- and tell it like it is from the sixties and old saying, <laughs> and um, you got, you guys are hurting. And I know that people aren't necessarily calling you mutual aid because they question who and what they're going to get. Right. Mm. My goal, I told them that night, my goal is to make this the department that when Menden pulls up to the scene, people say, Oh, thank God Menden's here. Right. Mm. And, and I built it from there mm-hmm. and we, we turned some people over and we got some other people and we're, we're a small group of active people,
3: mm-hmm.
5: 15, 18, super active. Okay. And I will tell you this, and I will say this in front of the United States of America, watching us, I will put those guys and gals up against anybody in mm-hmm. the fire service. They've become that good, good, good. and their enthusiasm, their attitudes, uh, it's it's incredible, mm-hmm. and, and and it goes back to enthusiasm is contagious. Let me show you why we got to do this and and strive to be the best you can. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I caught them on fire. I right. say again, I caught them yeah. on fire. I, I wanted them to believe. My father taught me, and he's many years deceased. He was a very successful businessman, retailer. And I I don't remember where he got the saying. He likes sayings, but he, he taught me what the mind can with the mind can conceive, and you can believe, you can achieve,
3: mm-hmm.
5: and wow. that's mm-hmm. always been my foundation in everything that I've done. Yeah. I don't like people telling me when people tell me you can't do that. Oh boy, you, you <laughs> want to see? So, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and we go off and we do it. Right. So, you know, I, I think that as as training offices, we have to understand. We have to bring enthusiasm. We have to bring purpose. We have part of our job is to get them excited, and part of our hmm. job is to say to the ones who don't want to train, "How can you do your job?" Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and sometimes,
5: yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it's real simple. You don't have to say it to them. You just train everybody else, and everyone's now saying. How come Joe's over there or Mary's over here, Steve's over there, sitting on their butts not doing anything? Then you say, hey, Joe, come on over here. Throw this 24 one man for me, would you? Well, I'm all set. Not all set means you can't. And, and the members know that. So it's a little bit of intimidation, isn't it, Larry?
2: <laughs> yeah. Kind of what yeah. they say, passive-aggressive, maybe nonverbal or whatever you want. Yes, Call it yes. Be. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Stuff. So, yeah. So kind I of course the whole attitude is everything kind of mentality, you know, like very much so. mm-hmm. If you have the right attitude, then mm-hmm. you can yeah definitely achieve everything. Mm-hmm. But the the wrong attitude can, can really, you know, slow you down or or really um <clears throat> stop the progress of, of mm-hmm. things really bad too. Mm-hmm. And, and I think yeah. like you said as the training officer, you definitely have to continue to feed that can do attitude because the um the the opposite is always going to be there. Um, it's always going to be supported, and if you're not yeah. careful, could take over. You know your organization. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't yep. think we are ever going to get rid of the naysayers because they the naysayers are a principal part of life, unfortunately. But you don't have to let the naysayers win or rule, and that's the key. And, and we we kind of got to know how to make
5: them. Less influential and um, and and more unimportant
2: to right. our organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and think that, what happens is, since bad news travels so fast, we tend to. I, mean, I think it's a human thing we have to train ourselves to overcome. <clears throat> we tend to give a lot of attention to the bad news, like we you know yeah. the whole adage mm-hmm. about the newspaper. The headline says, "Young man." Knocks old lady upside the head and drags her across the street. <clears throat> That's front page news. What is our country coming to? We need, um, um, you know, all kind of initiatives and incentives and more cameras and more police and all that. Yeah. It becomes the front page news. It becomes the headline um, on the on the evening news. However, young man helps the old lady across the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It may not happen, and if it does happen, it's the feel-good story at the end of the at the end. That's of, exactly, yeah. If you believe, so they say. Yeah, yeah. I I'll, I'll, I'll watch the news. I watch the evening news a lot of time when I get home um, while I'm eating my. Healthy choice dinners. No. <laughs> <laughs> and honey
3: but, bun. Wait, right, right, right.
2: Uh, Reduced sugar honey buns. No, but uh <laughs> followed by apple pie for the day. <laughs> right, 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 Organic <laughs> apple pie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know. uh, but anyway, um but I noticed that the flow of the news cycle. Oh, we're going to start you out with breaking news and it's Whatever the top news story of the day, which is usually bad, and then, um, but at the end they said before we sign off, we, um, when we get back from commercial break, we'll have a a, a heartwarming story. And I guess they figured we're going to try to end on a positive note. Positive note but yeah. but I don't know if everybody only watches for the bad news, and by the time you get into what they consider minutia news, a lot of people may may miss the heartwarming story. So. Um, but unfortunately, if you start out with the whole story, like we're going to start with some, some good news today. Um, you know, it might it sound on paper like a good idea, but maybe people are like, we don't want to hear no good news. What's bad happening? And We want to hear that now. You know, so I was saying that to say that um, when you do have naysayers and organizations, um, they, they can unfortunately get the most Press empty his wagon, making the loudest noise type of That's right. theory, and we have to, as leaders, um, um, like you said, put them on the island, the misfit misfit kids or something, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and then let them make the culture that you're creating of progressive, uplifting, um, um, you know, training and 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 whatever that may be for your organization make that be the popular talked about feel good story. And then that bad story comes at the end, even if it makes the list. You know, and
5: I, I don't know how we're gonna do that. I agree with everything you're saying. I, 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 I'm i so disgusted with uh, the news cycles today, because you're right, there's, show me something good. Mm-hmm. They had on this, this, mor- today, this morning's news, just to your point, it started off with all the bad stuff going on. There's shootings, murders, Israel, blah blah blah, all the way down. Go right down. You know, Trump, Biden. Go right down the list. Everything, like them, hate him, whatever. All the way down. The last segment at the very end was about a thing where uh, in, in Boston, in the inner city, in the tough mm. neighborhoods. Uh, they they were uh, a, a, a lady pastor there. This is her ex. I can't remember how many years packing up uh, uh, Thanksgiving meals. Mm, right, mm-hmm. and they interviewed two little boys. Mm. And they they had to be under ten, mm. and they were talking about what they're doing and helping people in need and stuff. It it was absolutely you, you'd want to cry watching it. Mm-hmm. it was wonderful,
3: right?
5: And then they end, and then four minutes later after the commercial break, they come back and today in Boston there was a shooting, no, no, and, right?
1: You know, <laughs> right. And here we go again, right down you know, the street okay. from the Turkey Drive. Wait, what? Right, right, right,
3: right, right. Yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. and we,
5: we need more good news yeah we do yeah. We we really do and, mm-hmm. and I don't know how we're going to get it because you know I, I, our young people, so many of them they don't understand. they don't understand mm-hmm. what life is and what really is going on in the world. yeah, yeah. I, I saw something not and I don't I don't want to go off on the wrong foot, mm-hmm. but I, I will say this. I, I was watching something the other night briefly and I can't remember the university, but they were talking about, and it was a big, big name, and it wasn't Harvard. In 19, it was either 1937, 1938, the students of that university voted Adolf Hitler, the world leader of the year. Mm,
1: Wow. Wow.
5: Yeah, yeah. And go figure,
2: Mm. go figure. It
5: it really is. And, uh, you know, our kids need we need to educate them. Yeah. And I think we we, the other thing we need, and I'm not saying this because we have Miss Elaine on the show. We need more people to embrace faith again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's good news. Yeah. That's good news. Definitely. Definitely. I think Mm -hmm. it
1: takes more of more of us who understand that to be courageous and consistent enough to do our part with it, Um, because. You know, it's, and I'm not saying this to um, to either of you guys, because I know the work that you guys do and put yours, you know, out there, but I'm saying a lot of people sit back and say, man, that's a shame,
4: mm-hmm. but
1: they don't put any effort into changing that shame. They are uh, spectators in that sense for the most part. And that's sadly because a lot of people think any of that work won't make a difference, but just everybody doing their part, however little um, will change the climate like you're talking about with the training. you change the climate of that department to where uh, training is the culture like Larry said and sure. then you know those people who are odd uh, people out will either get with it or get gone you know that those will be their their only options because the culture of that department is, mm-hmm is this other thing. You got to change the mindset some kind of way uh, to where the privilege is not to sit down and and bad talk the training and the other things, but the privilege is to actually, you know, get with the training and be a, a better department and a better firefighter individually, you know? And that's, that's tough and seems insurmountable. But I, I think if you think about it in terms of climbing the hill in one step, that's, you know, you're going to get dis- discouraged. But if you, you know, take a step every time you can, it's, it's, it, you'll mm-hmm. eventually get to the top, you know, that's mm-hmm. how it goes. Mm-hmm.
2: So, mm-hmm. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, one of the things I wanted to answer to two, two things. And um, so, <clears throat> Joe Netter sits down and, and is going to come up with training, um, what would you say? I know I've, I've talked to people like Forrest Reader about this and, yeah, good guy. and things like that, and, uh, but I wanted to get your take on it. What would you say? I'm a, give me give me your top five list of um, what you think is necessary, relevant training that probably should be visited on a regular basis to keep things sharp. And like you said, to support that whole thing of if my department is coming, you know if things gonna be all right because we we yeah. we get down like this. So what yeah, would, what would that be? Okay, so I'll preface it by
5: this: if you know if I'm in the, if I'm FDNY, they don't have time to sit out mm-hmm. because they're going to they're going the fires twenty four seven man. Right, right. But but in general, what I found is the number one thing I I promote number one. Is fire behavior, reading smoke, modern fire service. I believe that every fire station, every fire department should do a minimum of seven to 10 hours a year on that subject. One mm-hmm. day, maybe I, I do it. Um, and I am absolutely amazed, absolutely amazed at, cause you can, you can look out there and you know who doesn't remember or who doesn't know. I'll say things like, um, okay, fire behavior. What are the three three primary ways fire travels? Now, we know conduction, convection, radiation. And you get, no one wants to answer. Then you say, you tell them, okay, what's the number one, what is the the, the number one way that fire travels in a burning building? No, they say it's it's convection. What's convection? And you'll get a textbook answer. Okay, that's textbook. What does it mean to me in a burning building? They don't know. Then you start talking about the relevance and importance of being able to read smoke. And you walk them through that and you bring it all together and then you get into this modern fire science and there is not one way to fight a fire. We know that. Right. But we also have to understand the importance of understanding today's fire behavior. Mm-hmm. I, I burn a dollhouse when I do this, Larry, and and I show him how it, it flashes over and stuff. So that's my number one thing. My number two thing is SCBA because how often? If, if I, I have no idea how often your guys go out. Okay, uh, I don't know much about Collinsville, but my question mm-hmm. always is: in the last thirty days, how 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 long have you been on uh, been breathing air at an actual incident, not training? Right. And the numbers are very low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless again we're in Chicago or someplace like that, and so I put them through the whole routine. Of, of that SCBA to know it old. And part of what I do is I call it my, um, my writ dawn. We call it a porch dawn also. Some years ago, I read a report that said the, the number one thing that's slowing down the rapid intervention team is it's taking them three to four minutes and longer to get into the front door.
4: Mm-hmm. Unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So
5: I came up with this idea, and it's nothing more than this. Okay, I'm going to teach you the writ on, but before we do it, here we go. Everyone line up, stand up, all that. Full gear, no mask. Okay. uh, It's summer. You can leave your gloves off. And when I say go, I want you to take off your helmet, put on your mask, get a seal, put on your hood, put on your helmet, do your chin strap, uh uh, put your gloves on and hold your regulator in your hands you don't have to turn on the bottle for me hold the regulator in your hands i'll give you 20 seconds to do that now you'll always get some kids who are really enthusiastic and will come close Hmm. the vast majority you understand where that two three four minutes to get in the front door comes from so it's it's efficient and the same as if i'm on the uh, we're on the porch you in my office you say okay guys let's go And you know I got to mask up. That's not the time to be playing around. Mm -hmm. I don't. I I am very, very tough on the SC. We do when we throw ladders, we throw them with an SCBA on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll climb climb them with a pack, uh, with on air. Sometimes not on air. But if I'm on the fire, we're we're small departments, so you might pull up in the engine, but I might turn around and say. Officer Larry, get your crew and get a get a thirty five over there, and I want it right there. Mm-hmm. Can they, I? I don't want you to take your air pack off to do that. No. I, I, I hammer on it. Third thing I ha- hand But, but, up,
2: I but Joe, say, but Joe, that drills and all that is it, isn't that like simple routine stuff? That's yes, it is beneath but beneath a a, a professional firefighter. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and it, it, yeah, it is,
5: and so here's another one so i love to ask this question okay guys i got a question for you and gals excuse me miss elaine um what puts out fire now everyone's gonna say water water
4: that's
5: Mm -hmm. the right answer correct Mm -hmm. and i go no Mm -hmm. what do you mean Mm -hmm. it's not it's not the answer what puts out fire water no that's not the right answer that's the second answer what's the first getting the nozzle to the fire mm. and the hammer on hose handling, advancing wow. the lines, getting them off the rigs, mm. breaking out the kinks, moving, moving as a, as a team. Okay. We're, we're not, we go out the door here with two people. So they're going to make entry with the guy in the nozzle and another firefighter might be the officer backing them up, but they got to get that line in the building and break out the kinks before. Mm. Um mm. I, I really, I hammer on, on, on that um, search and rescue. Now being a St. Louis boy, I guarantee you 90% of the fires you went to, they, they call for primary search. Yes. And w- whether it was the truck or the heavy rescues or whatever, doing it around here, they don't do that. The cities do Worcester does it. Boston does it. The largest cities. But when you pull up, and you've got three three firefighters or five firefighters and you're trying to do this people aren't thinking search unless mm-hmm. there's someone out there mm-hmm. me and daddy are out there saying you know uh, Papa Joe's a fire. Trap.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. so it it the the um the skill the skill group it, it's denigrating it they they don't have the skill um uh, mm-hmm. another thing i'll do is after i've been with them a bit I'll say to them, I want an honest answer. And when they give me one, I go up and I shake their hands in front of everybody and say, thank you for being honest. Okay. You three. Yep. Right now, you're you're my, uh, you're my company. Come here. And I have them stand in the room. And I go, okay, we're just going to report. There's a five-year-old child trapped up there on the second floor in the BC corner. Go get him. Go get him. I hep it up, you know. And then I pause hmm. and I say, how many of you? are super comfortable with that command. What are you thinking Mm -hmm. right now? And I'll hear everything from Mm O-S-H-I-T to
4: uh, I'm scared Mm -hmm.
5: and blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. the point I'm making is that two points. When you give an assignment, look at the company, are they capable of doing it? If they're not, Mm -hmm. you have a training issue for Mm -hmm. another day, but um, we don't, have We shouldn't have to look at companies. Those people should be taught. And the way I overcome that is, I profess that every fire you go to, you search. And if I'm hmm. if I'm the incident commander, and uh, um, uh, um, Larry, you're you're the company officer, and Young Dave is a new firefighter with us, I might turn around and say, Larry, listen, we think we got this fires. They're, they're knocking it down. It's not completely out of control. Take David, take him in, and run him through a real primary search. I don't think there's anyone, but we never know. Now, you take David, you bring him in, and you push him, and you push him, and you push him, and we teach him. So, number one, he's gaining experience. He's gaining skill. He's gaining enthusiasm, okay? And he comes out, and all his other buddies, who you know, they're looking at David. David, he comes out. He's pumped up. He's ready to chest bump people because he's doing something. He's excited. He's included. He's being respected. All those other things. And the more Davids we get, the more mm-hmm. that night comes where you really get that horrible uh, uh, report of people trapped, the better mm-hmm. the chance for those people might be able to survive.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Wow. So That's search.
3: Wow. Out
5: out here, we do a lot a lot of water supply. Uh, the town amended does not have any fire hydrants. So I, I work mm-hmm. that a lot, running pumps and all that bit. And, um, um, I, I think that the, the, the fifth thing is just constantly reviewing size up and how to do, we do, these are our winter drills and making decisions because for the smaller departments, you might have a kid who just got promoted to to lieutenant riding the officer's seat. And hmm. frankly, he's never run a fire in his life but he passed the exam and he got certified mm-hmm. this certified that and all this other bit but where's his bones he hasn't made his bones so we have to we have to work with these people so those are my big hitters
3: mm-hmm. those
5: are my big hitters yeah. and of course rapid intervention which yeah. i constant 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 we do search and rescue boom rapid intervention uh there's a product out there i really like called the Fastboard, but it's and it's it's a wonderful tool but I don't just train on the fast board. I say, what happens if we forgot it? What happens if someone mm-hmm. else is using it? Mm-hmm. We're gonna also learn to do these, the old school way of doing the skills.
4: Mm-hmm. You
2: know?
5: Yeah, that's no, good
2: yeah. stuff. And like you said, all of that sticks to the basics of things. It's not fancy, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not anything um, that requires any degrees to do. It's not um, steeped in, I already know the basic stuff, show me some some fancy new stuff that whatever is basic yeah. stuff. And it's applicable to any department. <clears throat> you work mm. for a busy department or you work for a department that's not so busy, these right. principal skills still have to be performed, whether they perform yeah. a lot or, or not. Uh, yeah. Even working in, in St. Louis, there were times when um, I showed up on the scene and people were just doing stuff that you looked at them and you said, what What are you doing? And that's because it wasn't that they were bad people. It was a kind of a use it, or lose it kind of thing. And since they mm. probably hadn't done it in a while, um, it showed when it was when the pressure cooker hit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow. and that was always kind of a, a, a ideal in my yeah. head. I was trying to, uh, mm. you know, uh, you know, work as a team member, as a, as a, uh, as a um, company officer was yes, that my thought pattern was, or when I was teaching recruit classes, my thought pattern was always was is that when you get on a fire scene, we, we might have what you call bread and butter fires, like I've seen this before. Yeah. But yeah. you may have seen something similar, but you have seen this before, because this particular fire has different contents, different uh, uh, people, different age of the building. You can't You can't quantify the differences in all of this kind of stuff. So you still have to, you should treat everything brand new. And even though you might have to use your experience to help uh, eliminate a bunch of stuff to get to the nuance of what you deal with in front of you, you still have to deal with it. But another thing you should get out the way, and this is where I was going with my thought pattern get this basic stuff so down pat that it's it's such a reflex.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That
2: all you mm-hmm. need to concentrate is what's yeah, at man. hand. But if you got to concentrate mm-hmm. on what's at hand along with like, oh, how do I put this on? Or how do I do this? How do I deploy this hose? How mm-hmm. do I throw a ladder? You complicate things even more. Which yeah, in high the situation at the beginning yeah, David. increases yeah. your chances for um, yes. getting hurt again killed because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have you, you as a professional or a volunteer firefighter, don't have these basics things down pat. And like you said the last time you was on air, when was the last time you was on air at a fire, I don't know mm. July,
3: but mm. well, that's too yeah. long. Mm. So mm. for, it takes wow. forty
2: five days to forget something you thought you knew or to be proficient at it. You know, so mm. it's uh yeah, but but, but it's and hard.
5: I'm just gonna say what David said about it's a high stress situation, and when you yeah. you when you yeah. don't have the, the the training to just yeah. automatic, you know, I'd go to a fire, I'd look at it. We're, we're being sent in. Did I was I a little nervous? Yeah, I'd feel that little twinge of nervous here, but then I knew that my knowledge and my skills and my abilities mm-hmm. were there to help me to overcome, and then I'd go to yeah. work. And But when you get there, you see people running around or not doing anything, or they're waiting for the chief to tell them what to do, or you were yeah. on a truck, so the the uh, engine company's waiting for the truck to do their job before they go in or whatever. It's like, right, right. Mm-hmm. when I look at your mm-hmm. fire ground, what will I see? When mm-hmm. I look at your company operating, what will I see? That's the measure mm-hmm. of their training. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. Nope. Yeah. And what's I funny is kid. when you
1: talk to people about it, they'll say it like, well, everybody knows that. I mean, sure, you want to get it down like that. Mm-hmm. But then the actual mm-hmm. doing of it is a thing where you say, well, how dare you ask me to, you know, work basics uh, to where I can't get it wrong? Of course, I can't get I've been doing it for 10 years. But like you mm-hmm. said, you, you ask them, when's the last time you did whatever? <laughs> and then, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the answer mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. enough time to get some people killed then yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's amazing
2: one, one of, disconnect, you know. Yeah, now one of the things I've done in training before is, um, you know, especially when cell phones and stuff start coming out and it's easier to record. Mm. Uh, I just started saying, okay, well, do you know this? Yeah, okay. Okay, well, let's record you doing it. And mm-hmm. then they do it. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised the gap of what they thought in the head and what they see become two different things. They almost can believe that's them. Because mm-hmm. they because if I believe totally what they told me, then we wouldn't need to record it. But when I record it and kind of show them, this is what you were doing. Now, I'm not trying to embarrass you or show you up or anything like that. I'm just no. saying, um, does this match how you thought it was going to be in your head? And I kind of yeah. picked it up from years ago when you were doing, you know, you do assessment centers and stuff for promotions Yeah. yeah. You say to yourself, I know this stuff, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. get up there and kind of wing it and tell these assessors what I know until you start doing it and realize, ooh, I sound really bad. My delivery is off. I don't sound logical and chronological about what I had to say. Mm-hmm. I really need to practice and put myself on tape. And when you practice and put yourself on tape, you wow. ask how many pauses and ums and searching yeah. for an answers. Yeah. Not, not, not really... Um, confident about what you're saying to the assessor, you don't mm-hmm. look like a confident person who can take care of business in That's this right. given scenario. But you don't That's know right. that unless you've been practicing, looking at yourself on tape in the mirror or whatever. But better on tape because you can critique it and realize where that gap is between what I thought I knew and what the tape. Because tape don't
3: lie, mm-hmm.
2: you know. So, <clears throat> so if we kind of have more that. Um, that honest that. self awareness of shit. ourselves like that and get ourselves closer to that, and then a lot, we're going to be a lot better off in the outcomes of our uh, training doing those honest yes. assessments. You know. mm.
1: right. In my mind, I'm still 21 and, and whooping people in the karate class, but I'm also 56. <laughs> <laughs> Your body Mm lets you know that that kick don't get up as
3: high
2: as it used to. No, Mm there are definitely, so that's what we have to make sure that we uh, continue to, to, you know, reduce that gap. There's always going to be that Mm -hmm. difference, but reduce that gap in what you think you know and what you actually know. Absolutely. And the best thing they could ever invent was I can record right now click, go, <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. and then yeah. do it. And, yep. then, and, and, and that that could be a, you know, kind of a tool to help um, help people see. And if they're honest with themselves, mm-hmm. they said, yeah, I need some work on that, you know. Or record mm-hmm. yourself. You know, I, I got sure. a couple yeah. of guys mm-hmm. I know who are really serious about the craft and they'll record themselves mm-hmm. doing kind of like the thing like going to jury you were talking about. I see something, I need to mask up real quick and get in. And how how many seconds does it take me to do that? And record themselves doing it, they're able to critique better and then point out, like, okay, well, if I do this better, if I set my equipment up this way or whatever. But they know because they did their honest assessment and not feeling insulted or feeling like it's beneath Mm -hmm. me to Mm -hmm. practice some basic nuances, especially when you don't do it every day. Because I don't care if you are New York, St. Louis, Chicago, or whoever overall we still don't go to as many fires as we used to Absolutely and if in the an right. apartment that didn't get a lot of fires in the first place is even worse mm-hmm. so that's right so, so if when this time when it's game time and you expected to be just as proficient as you were when you came out the academy there's really no excuse you know you don't, and you don't right. have to wait for training day or training night or training evening or whatever <laughs> you know training thing you get these are little Self-drill you can do on your own um, in addition mm. to just checking your equipment in the morning. That's right.
1: The other disconnect is that <clears throat> what you want and what you provide is two different things. So in other words, if you're in that building and you want a red team to come and get you, you want those guys to be pretty efficient. They getting that gear on and getting in that door, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. You, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. But what you choose to try and work on to make sure you can do that and provide is, you know, is is what you're doing, what you would want for somebody to come and get you. Or are you performing up to the level you would be expecting them to do? And so,
5: David, I got to yeah. tell you, you're spot on with that because there was a gentleman, he's deceased now, named Don Abbott out of um, uh, Phoenix okay, mm-hmm. and he did a, he retired, he did a lot of good things, but he did a thing called Project Mayday, I don't know if you ever heard of that, Larry, Never. Project Mayday, mm-hmm. did you ever read it?
2: Never read it, but I heard of
5: it. Okay, it might be mm-hmm. worth the read, because I, I was, you know, it was right up my alley, mm-hmm. and um, and I might be off by one or two percentile, but they, in, they, they, people who have called real maydays, they interviewed, you know, by mail-in or whatever, seventy. Mm-hmm seven percent of the people who actually called a mayday had zero confidence in their department's rapid intervention yeah. capabilities wow you, that's the truth look it up man I, I was mm. it, mm. yeah. yeah yeah who's yeah. gonna come get mm. me
1: wow
3: who's
5: gonna come you know you're mm. gonna get a swell you're gonna get a swell funeral big deal <laughs> I, I, right I I, I I i've been to oh, too well, many i really man. have been a lot of oh, wow. line of duty death Funerals and I'm
2: and I'm sick of them. Mm. Yeah, that's uh that's that's mm. kind of that's that's kind of scary because if I'm trapped in there and say mm. okay, well the red team is coming to give me oh wait a minute they don't like practicing mm-hmm. putting stuff on and, and, and they're a little slow in the uptake uh, about yeah. uh being acting these are couch potatoes. Does the RIT team today? Yeah, they they, they mm. might as well just start saying your Hell Mary's at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I do have I do have a chance to live and got some survivable space, but uh yeah. oh they're coming in to give me a, I, I guess I better just cancel Chris. Tell 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 mom I love her and uh,
3: Dave mm-hmm. yeah. you
2: can have a Corvette, you know. So, so. Right, right, right.
3: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> I
1: hear you. Yeah. Yeah, write a book huh. call it, write a book call is your rit team a sh- uh, sh- uh <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a blank no, yeah. <laughs> is it
2: is it rit or is it rit team all <laughs> right hello, hello. hello.
3: don't let, right, don't, don't sure. let your mama find out right, right yeah,
5: mm.
3: yeah. you going yeah. to have come up yeah. missing.
5: we have we have to really make in all this, everything we do um, mm-hmm. And like I say, I could ramble on for hours on this and I don't yeah, want no, to, yeah. but, um, mm-hmm. w- one of the, one of the things I like to do is, and I talk about why all this stuff is important.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And, and you know, I think you've picked up Larry, knowing me. I like the flair for a little bit of dramatic. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And w- one of the things I like to do is I said, I'm doing this because I'm trying to avoid this.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And I go over there and I go to a door. Knock on the door, and I say, on the other side of that door is Mrs. Smith. And when she mm-hmm. opens that door and she sees the chief of the department and the chaplain standing there, she's gonna we'll know. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And my question mm-hmm. is,
5: mm-hmm. do you? Yeah, do name you. Name. What You're can right. we do to prevent that? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: In, in everything that we do, whether it's throwing a ladder, moving mm-hmm. the hose mm-hmm. for a quick extinguishment.
1: Whatever mm. it is, having your gear on right
3: can yeah. make a difference in a graph. Come,
1: yeah.
4: Come
3: on. Wow. Yeah. Just yeah. basic stuff. Yeah.
5: yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Absolutely right. Think- who, other, who wrote step up and lead? Was that I don't think it's wrong? Cuso.
2: Frank Fiscuso.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Step up and lead. I love it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um and and and, wow. and it gets back to what David and I teach all the time about their personal leadership. And when you, mm-hmm. when, you, when you really double down on your personal leadership, you don't need mm-hmm. to wait for training day. You just know that mm-hmm. I work in that personal leadership. Um, mm-hmm. will, should, <clears throat> what we try to do is try to motivate people, should just have you doing stuff. So by the time you get to even the formal leadership, you, you're probably pretty good at it. Your learning curve is not that bad because you've mm-hmm. been doing it. But we every time we get to a training venue of some sort, and you kind of start from scratch from it, unless yeah. it's something that just requires a lot of elaborate um, tools and things like that that you might not have access to. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of weird. The guys the other day they were on shift and they were going over ropes and knots, and um, they broke out, you know, teaching one of our new um, <clears throat> probationary firefighters about that. And what was cool is that they were they were doing a very good job teaching. And um, and I don't know, I haven't picked up a rope in a while to do something because I haven't necessarily had to, you know, like outside of probably training the body, but I just haven't had to, especially in this capacity. But I remember picking it up and it was just like the muscle memory kicked in, just like yeah. bowling or um, clothing, <laughs> whatever, just, you know. And then I was doing the trick that we used to do when I was a, uh, a recruit. You know, we tied behind our back. And <laughs> you know, did that, I was like, "Watch this little, watch this little party favor, you know." And did that, man. Mm-hmm. But my point is, I wasn't, doing it, I wasn't doing it to show off more. than I was saying that it's not always going to be an ideal condition where you yeah. get feel mm-hmm. lit, uh, uh, where you can use the dexterity of your fingers without gloves, and and it's going to be during mm-hmm. the daytime. It's going to be seventy-five degrees, and right. you're going to tie a knee mm-hmm. to not under under mm. uh, under very little duress to go help something. It's going to be, <laughs> hey, I need this, that you know that tool up here right now. And yep. you're going to be down there with a, having to do it with your gloves on, bad condition, yep. whatever. And if you don't have that muscle memory or you've done it so long that you can't do it till you can't do it wrong, then mm-hmm. you're going to be down there fumbling around with something they may need right now. So, mm-hmm. to have it down pat the way you could do it behind your back or with your eyes closed or whatever kind of party trick you used to do to, to really make it stick, but, but it's not thing a party would be trick in handy for you, you know, it's under duress.
5: Yeah, but Larry, it's not a party trick in my eyes. It's showing that if you mm-hmm. practice and train and mm-hmm. drill mm-hmm. enough on anything, you can do it. So, how did yeah, you learn to do practice. that, deputy? Yeah. yeah, by practicing,
2: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to That's tell them I was in the academy. You always had to have a rope on your. That was part of your uniform. You had mm-hmm. to have an ink pen. You had to have a pad. You had to have a rope with you. And if you got called by the drill instructor without a a rope on you, then of course mm-hmm. there, there there were ways to, to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I know what <laughs> you didn't forget again. Oh, you know. So and then when yeah. I started being the drill instructor in the academy, then you know I. I, I, I was a good student of that, and I was able to <laughs> pass on what I learned. You know, in the little thing we, we call out. Uncle Larry's Playhouse. You know, mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Talk, talk talk about good home
2: training. Yeah, yeah, really. ain't
1: what
2: But we we drove that before we started getting into people's feelings, and and i right. it, it feels like mental abuse. You're making me carry this rope around all the time, and. And why do I have to learn this and all the why? Um, you never know because 30 plus years later, I can still tie certain things behind my back without thinking about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of the things, you know. That's one but like you said, it's not a party favor, it's not a show off. It's just right. like you said, I got it so down pat just from constant repetition and doing that sitting, almost sitting in church doing it. Like, what is he doing over there? We trying to sit up and get our praise on him. I'm like, I, I, I hear you, I, Jesus, yes, mm-hmm. but. I don't want to run a tower tomorrow, Monday at the academy, so, you know, so whatever, you know. I love it, I love it, wow. But, uh, but anyway, uh, look, we got, I know we can go on and on and on. And we definitely going to have to have you back on because um, my pleasure training training is an ongoing thing. And, uh, and and I definitely love the wisdom and love all the work you've done. Um, there's Thank a reason you. that you were uh, the George Post firefighter fire instructor of the year. Thank you. Uh, we're Thank both you very, very active in the eyes side the fire and uh, fire. I always had to say it real fast. Because, see, right now I'm messing that up. So, I work in Illinois. They got the Illinois Fire Service Instructors, which is. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the
2: International Society of Fire Service Instructors is different than mm-hmm. the, than the Illinois chapter. So, mm-hmm. you gotta yeah. keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> being active members of, of that, which is a great organization, uh, not only for instructors, but just period for great resources you meet great Very people so. like Joe yeah. and um and and and, and you know it's just a, a great resource for um all that we do and there's I used to teach for them when the mod uh, principles of modern fire tech came out. I used to travel and teach that class when they first rolled out, and that was always fun. It was always fun because uh and i'm kind of sick. Like that, uh, because for a long time I don't know how the climate it is now because I haven't taught it for the organization a while. But it was it was hostile territory in some places you yeah. we went to yeah. teach that, that course, you know. And I said, yeah. "Ooh, hmm. let me go there." I like it's <laughs> 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 it up a little bit, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. but I think it le- it did add tools to the toolbox. I know I had sometimes some philosophical differences. Uh, working with the aggressive interior attack um, um, theory that uh, practice that we had in St. Louis, and <clears throat> it was a good. It, it's still a good thing. I'm, I'm, I've never, I never shied away that we shouldn't be doing it. I just think that read what you got, and that's what's required. Let's get in there and do it. We got the resources, mm-hmm. we got the water, we got the personnel, we got the training. Let's that's get right. in there and get to the seat of the fire and do search mm-hmm. and rescue along the way and put this thing out and, and, and make grabs and save lives right now. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, but a lot of times people were doing that without doing things like reading smoke and flow paths and understanding heat release rates and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And they were just blindly doing it. And at the, without was saying, you know, we don't need the science, we just gonna blindly go in. And then people oh. get hurt and killed when that happens and they yeah. see what happened. Mm-hmm. Now we gotta make up all these wonderful lies about you know how brave you were when maybe <laughs> the mm-hmm. bravest thing mm-hmm. is like saying we're not doing that because the conditions are working is us. Right. The nutrient plane yeah. has dropped to zero, but we're That's still going in. That's that, courage you know, to be able to do that. You know, absolutely. Uh, That's you know, courage. Uh, the modern, the modern. Um, when I first came on, a lot of the guys. Um, if I came on thirty years ago, you got to remember the guys who are ten years old. It came on forty some years ago. And the guy who mm-hmm. had 20 years uh, had, came on 50, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 50 years ago, yeah, everything was basically wood. And, and mm-hmm. you can walk in, you know, hold your breath and go in with a booster line and put out this, you know, mm-hmm. this one room fire because it wasn't going to spread as fast because of the materials. And that's the
4: right. Yeah. That yeah. yeah, that's yeah. These
2: yeah. days, all this Home Depot stuff in and these plastic houses, stuff is going right now. So if you fight it with the same theory, right. you're still yeah. stuck yeah. in the fact that I'm going to do it the same way I did it 50 years ago. It's suicide. And, and, mm. and, 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 and this ain't no way else to put it. So you got to know how to read smoke, read the building, read the conditions, and be courageous That's enough to me. make those kind of calls when it's necessary. But That's like right. I said, mm. conditions call for aggressive interior attack, let's go get it. Because mm. to, to me, if the conditions call for aggressive interior attack, would you choose not to, then you're just as bad as the person who choose to mm. an aggressive period yeah. attacking. That's to. right. But you yep. don't know that yeah. from what? Training. Yep. <laughs> Reading.
5: Yep. And and, and yeah. one other word I'll leave you tonight. Think.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-mm. Think. Well.
4: Okay.
5: And um you know, Franklin, said,
1: yeah, I'm just gonna say, think what you're trying to do to me. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> right. hey, hey, hey. And then I said, no, hey.
3: make,
2: you know. And you know why we stuff. we have to think when it comes to fire? Because we need some respect. You know, some right voice.
3: there, right there. <laughs> yeah, Richard Franklin, he,
1: he was the greatest. He was the greatest thinker of firefighters, known known to the modern man. You know, you got to right, exactly. mm, think,
2: known really, Franklin. Franklin Fire Department, no, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, definitely, um, but you know, as we wrap things up, we're going to, um, have some last parting words from my guest, um, Chief Joe Netter. And, uh, Joe, I think we'll see you again, um, physically, at uh, winter fire school. Yeah. In, in Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Um, David, you'll be there also. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. David,
3: good. Good.
2: So I'll we'll, look be there. we'll have
5: to get together.
2: Yeah, definitely. We always have a good time there, and then mm-hmm. if, if we don't run into each other uh, from there, we uh, see each other at FDIC, FDIC. And then you FDIC. and I kind of talk offline because I probably want to get you to come to Collinfield and um, and kind of help me, um, you know, continue to make make them better. And, and, I'd, and be so, I'd be honored. So you i be honored. Know, they're they're a great great organization, great great bunch of firefighters, and. Um, and but just like any great organization, we can, we can always be better. So we're gonna that's uh, right, meet so everyone together. can improve. Mm-hmm. That's right. um, but, um, so we we'll do some partner words with the with chief netter, and we we'll go to mommy Lane David, and I'll bet cleanup.
5: Mm-hmm. Hi, I just I, I'm honored to be asked to be on the show. This was, you know, what I do have one word when I do training that I make sure always happens training should also be fun. Yeah,
3: and, mm-hmm. and
5: this was fun. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm telling you, I, this, wow, hour and a half flew. Yeah. This was was a lot of fun. Mm
3: -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. thank
5: you very, very much for this great honor. And, uh, you know, keep training, folks. Keep training, keep training, keep training, keep training. And if you don't, who knows, you you might, you might find you are part of the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I will, I will say this to you all. Also, I wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, as yeah, we, yeah, and then said. after that, we, ent- we enter a very, very special and happy time of year, for mm-hmm. Christmas, mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. God's blessings on all of you.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Thank you very, very much.
1: Thank. You. My turn?
4: Yes, mm-hmm. your turn.
1: Want to have you back.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So we have to do a part two.
4: I that that mean, it's going to
3: that it's gonna happen,
2: Joey. Every time she says that we have to get people back, so we'll, you'll yeah. be back.
3: Yes, <laughs> Anytime. And uh, I think that you bring a lot to the show that sometimes just doesn't get thought about. And so I thought you did a good job with that, but could be added to, you know, we need some more. And uh, you have a safe trip. You told thank me you're you were going honey. on the trip before we got online. Yeah. You and your wife, and uh, happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. Hopefully, we you get back before Christmas.
5: <laughs> oh yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, gotta be home for the grandkids. Right. Oh, yeah,
3: okay. Mm-hmm. This
5: thank was you. a good show. Thank you, thank you very much, Miss Elaine.
1: Chief Joe, man, thank you very much. Um, I, you know. I learned a lot there's a saying that, uh, common sense is uncommon, and so things mm-hmm. that you know we like to think we know—that uh, we like to think are no-brainers—usually uh, <laughs> the people who are not practicing and them they are have, doing, they doing have no Yeah. So we got fundamentals, 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 and that's in anything mm-hmm. you do. You gotta gotta yeah. make sure you train and those, but also that training is a fundamental. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so uh, you got to train on the fundamentals, but just the notion of training should be mm-hmm. a foundational and fundamental thing, uh, especially mm-hmm. when lives are on the line, like like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, really mm-hmm. great information. Like everybody's saying, we got to have you back for a part two because I don't think we can uh, talk about this enough and I don't think we drill down into it as deep as we can go. And so um, I also want to tell you that I applaud you for the work you're doing, and uh, you know the area concentration uh, that you have with volunteer departments and departments that uh, get I think kind of underserved with some of this this knowledge. And uh, but it's also knowledge that can help departments of all sizes, firefighters from all walks. So um, we really appreciate it, and thanks for you know being a part of the show today. And so uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Merry you, Christmas brother. to you. Hope you have a really great holiday.
4: You
1: Thank you, ever so mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Um, yeah. This um, it's been a great show. I'm glad. I'm glad that we were able to make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad to call you a friend. And uh, and, and these, um, especially this particular topic, I need all the help I can get. You know, <laughs> uh, I really appreciate that having somebody who's passionate about it. Um, training and it's a great resource and, and I'm glad that I made the call you and, and bounce stuff off. I'm glad I'm able to call you and vent, you know, about some something. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm a lot glad, of yeah, I'm glad <laughs> to be able to vent so it could prevent me from doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh my God. Hey. Oh, yeah. I get the best hey, hey,
2: café. Hey, oh my God. Right. You know, I'm, still, <laughs> I'm still that dude from <laughs> North St. Louis, so sometimes oh I need. Oh my goodness. Say, hey, mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about this thing <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that, but um, um a consummate <laughs> professional every time we get together um we we always have some you know great conversations and and this this kind of met up kind of a, you know that that ideal thing I had I told you at the beginning of the show, <laughs> sometimes we talk and I said, man, if I had Joe on the show, that'd be a great podcast moment, so there definitely have been some great podcast moments that you didn't disappoint. When they came to the business, so I appreciate you on that, and that's because it's in you. You're not trying to think of a formalized answer, and package some some slick mnemonic that you made up or whatever yeah. like that. I'm just Joe, and this is what I know. Mm-hmm. That's right. For
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, so, right, right. So,
3: what, yeah,
2: well, yeah. I appreciate it. Just being—you're yeah. not the average Joe. That's why. Yeah. do. That's, that's great. Uh, that's, that's uh, great. <laughs> I like that.
3: Look at the time.
2: <laughs> above average Joe, you know, I could do this all day, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not well,
1: but them. you're not. David
2: call it tons of puns. That's mm-hmm. what we
1: call.
5: Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. I, I think miscellaneous giving you the signal. that yeah
3: yeah, most yeah, of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But I just yeah, want to so say happy. Give them
3: something else if they don't stop. Right, right. I'm
2: just happy, <laughs> happy, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Um, Merry Christmas as well. Um, uh, yes. the uh December is going to be kind of a rough month for me, even though um, this um, uh, Christmas and all the holiday cheer and all that. Um, mm. I'm not a cold weather brother in the first place, but yeah. it, it makes it easier when you have um, warm and good tidings and all that of the holidays yes. and get yes. you time the, the world to slow down and kind of reflect on what's important. But also last year in December too, we lost um, Bobby Halton yeah. and, uh, and um, it's still something to um, get over for me. Uh, I never thought that I was going to be, as good of friends with somebody who, um, you know, we had a lot of opposite opinions about a lot of stuff, but a lot of stuff that mattered, um, that we agreed on. And, um, you know, who knew You know, I just remember December being kind of a shocking month for me, hearing about it and, um, having to, um, having to deal with the fallout of that. And then, uh-huh. In that in that same year, at the beginning of the year, then uh, my my crew in St. Louis mm-hmm. lost mm-hmm. our So between it was it was a it was a rough year of uh, <laughs> a loss. Um, having you know in January, the beginning of the year in January, you lose your one of your crew members. Then Bobby and Forrest Reader actually drove to St. Louis for the Ben Poulsen funeral. And mm-hmm. Bobby was like, mm-hmm. uh, and both of them was like, no, nah, don't, don't, don't make no fanfare, not any kind of commendations. We're here naturally to support a family member of the fire service that's mm-hmm. lost, but we are really here to support you. We drove here to support you, and so uh, oh, just do what you gotta do, and uh, And I had uh, had my good friend Jessica, firefighter Jessica Jackson. She was kind of their concierge, um, Bobby. Forrest, when they came and I made sure. And they both said the same thing. That's how you know we all getting old. They were like, well, after the funeral, we're going to have to both get on the road. Bobby had to drive back to Tulsa and Forrest had to drive to Chicago because we don't want to be out when it gets dark. You know, we can't <laughs> see this. <mom. laughs> you old guys, you know. Oh, but, they, but they made the trip. They both drove the, the, the five, six hours took to get here. And so I'm saying that to say, you never know. When I saw Bobby at the funeral, and um, definitely I saw him a few few more times after that throughout the year, and talked to him numerous of times, but just to know this is you know going to be the last January that I could see you. And um, definitely FDIC was a lot different and but still, in all um, the show goes on. And I think Chief Dave Rhodes is doing a great job in, in the and and taking and and moving ahead yeah. with um, yeah. things uh, in that regard. So um, so anyway. If I'm a little quiet in December, it's because I'm still reflecting on the law school. Bobby was a big brother and a mentor and somebody you can call. If, and, um, if, if need be, I'm here for you, brother. If no, you need I me, appreciate you. that. I, I, feel, I feel that. I feel it. In that. So, um, and then just to wrap up, uh, for all you kids and kittens who might be in the Collinsville area, um, December mm-hmm. 5th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., we got none other than Chief Billy Goldfeder coming through. And um, mm-hmm. you know Billy, the um, the secret list and firefighter close calls and all uh, that. So uh, Billy has been a bit and, and 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 two what we were talking about tonight, <clears throat> talking about how everybody doesn't go home and some of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. So be mm-hmm. sure to come out, Collinsville uh, uh, Fire Department. We're hosting it and um, at the Gateway Center in Collinsville. So there's mm-hmm. if you go on the website, um, check it out. There's a flyer with a QR code. So um, I've I've stepped up a little bit in my um, technology. Scan the <laughs> QR code with your phone, it, and then uh, fill out the That's information. Hard. And it's about thirty dollars, and come on out. Um, lunch is included. It's sponsored by one eight hundred Board Up. So if you come out and check out um, Cheap Billy Goldfeder. Uh, you'll be glad you did, and if people, you know, Joe. There were actually people at the fools' meeting who had never heard of Billy. I was like, oh, where, "Where you been?" a oh, rock, but they were yeah. like, yeah. there were A lot of young people. they were
1: like, oh, oh, Goldfinger, isn't that
2: old James?" Mm-hmm. Line no, Goldfeder, <laughs> oh, better, Feder. Mm-hmm. Better. Mm-hmm. Really, oh. oh, but anyway, but anyway, um, so, um, so anyway, have come on out, and uh, if you feel, you know, so inclined, sometimes you might think your mustache. Him a question. it was uh it was one. funny. Must it was funny here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You're <right. winding> up. <laughs> mm-hmm. anybody, no more red bull for that man. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: no, no more red, red
2: bull but seriously, <laughs> come on out and see uh, Billy and uh, if you got any questions by the give me a call. Uh, check out the Collinsville Facebook page. I got his flyer on my Facebook page and and, and check it out. And, um we'll come on out and see. But other than that, I guess we'll see you in another seven weeks with another great guest. And um, in seven weeks, I guess we'll be deep into the holidays. If I don't know, I forget what we do on December, the 9th to January, but whenever it is, kids, mm-hmm. tune in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Next episode of the Larry Conley radio show, check us out on www.gluenationldc.com and see where in the world are David and Larry in the world. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and if you need us to come out to your neck of the woods to do what we do with this little thing called glue, mm-hmm. then uh, mm-hmm. we'll be able to serve you. Get yeah, them,
1: so that's I just made the I just yeah, made that up. Yeah. That, was, that was incredible, yeah. I, did. Yeah, I wish I, I, wish it, I it had, it had it, I got to lose <laughs> that's,
2: that's So Anyway, it's thanks, Joe. Back. I will be in touch, brother. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the yes. Larry Conley radio show. Signing off, happy holidays! Bye bye, all.
1: all right, bye bye, bye. Thank you.
0: The Firestore, equipping protectors with passion. Every decision the Firestore makes as a company is about its customers. As the holiday season has quickly approached, explore a wide selection of unique and practical gifts at the Firestore's gift center. Find the perfect presence for firefighters, EMTs, and first responders today. The Firestore's goal is to get you the gear you need, when you need it, at prices you can afford. Visit thefirestore.com for everything but the truck and shop its family of brands, including Streamlight, MSA, Lion, Fleer, and more. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.